Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. You know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's Music Row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Dude, I'm a punk. I'm a country guy and a rock guy, but everything we've done, everything I've done over the past 25 years has been punk. Episode 424 with Cody Jinks, which we've been working on getting Cody on this for a while. And we were up in the studio and they were like, hey, he's going to come by. And we were like, well, we're in the studio, so come on by. So you'll hear the show later on and kind of pipe in because we're all just sitting here hanging out. So pretty pumped about this. Let's play... The new single, Outlaws and Mustangs. Go on, hit the highway. Disappear in the night. For those that don't know, Cody Jinks sounds nothing like he looks. Not at all. Cody Jinks was a thrash metal guy, but who grew up listening to country, who toured thrash metal, which has got to be rough. It's like, I don't want to do this anymore. Takes a big, long break, gets a real job. He's like, I want to go back and do country. But it's extremely, like, authentic. Mostly I would be like, somebody, no, it's, for, it's just real because he's still the same dude. And you see him and you don't question anything. <laughs> so uh, here is Change the Game, a new song from Cody Jinx. Some said I'd never make it, that I didn't do things right. So I showed him who I was and then I And you may know the song Loud and, and Heavy, which was written with his infant son. And we'll talk about that, but here you go. So based in Texas... Cody Jinks, really known as an independent artist, one of these guys who's been doing it for a long time, but has really, really caught like mainstream fire in the past few years. But even before he caught mainstream fire, he was still like number one album. Like he has such a cult following that finally people just had to acknowledge it because I don't think he's doing anything any different. It's just grown so big that if you keep ignoring it, you're just the idiot. Yeah. Would you agree with that statement? I would agree with that. So he's touring all next year, but he's also doing some dates with Luke Combs on the stadium tour, which is pretty cool. He grew up in Fort Worth. Um, you know, his, his dad taught him how to play guitar early, taught him how to play some riffs and stuff, started a label. Now we'll talk about that. And 
you know, he's had a lot of different jobs. He worked in steel, freight docks, restaurants, retail chain stores, uh, bars, and full-time musician. And let's do it. Here it is. We waited for a while for this one. Enjoy. By the way, if you don't know what he looks like, I'm going to... Um, Long beard. I would say like Jim the Anvil Neidhart if you're like 80s wrestling. If you're like 70s, I would say ZZ Top. If you're like 90s, I would say ZZ Top from the 70s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, Cody Jinx, here you go. What's up, dude? Come on in, have a yeah. seat. Oh, yeah, we'll clap it up. Let's go. Let's go. I think we stunned him with the clapping. You can sit right there, man. <laughs> yeah, he didn't expect to see all of you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Welcome. Cody, good to talk to you, buddy. Hi, guys. It's good to be here. Thank you very much. You, um, I'm good. I'm good. How are y'all? We're, we're pretty good. Are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I am. Okay. Let's go. And I'm, a, I'm a Rangers fan. Okay, so. so that's good. Then that's positive. Yeah. We just uh, we just did it, man. <laughs> you did it's it. It's been like 12 years of heartbreak since the last... I mean, I remember where I was when we lost game seven like in 2011. Where were you? I was playing a show uh, at a really small venue. It was a cigar bar, and they actually told us not to play so we could watch the game, and we still got paid. So you didn't even have to play? We did not. And it was your team? Yeah. Dang. I, when, that's crazy. That's awesome. I'm a big Cubs fan, and when we finally won the World Series, it was the night of the CMAs, and I was supposed to be part of the production. But they hadn't won since 1908, and for me, it was a big deal. You're going to be on CBS. And I was like, guys, I can't come. I have to stay home and watch Game 7. And they thought it was the weirdest thing that I wanted to stay home and watch a baseball game rather than be on a TV show. And then we won the World Series, beat the Indians. It was awesome. I'd say you won. You, Me, I would say I won too. <laughs> you did it. Yeah, congratulations. That's, that's really cool yeah, on the thanks. Rangers. Thank you. But yes, I am a Cowboys fan. Eddie's a massive Cowboys fan. He's Huge. Had a, he's had a tough week. Uh, okay, Where, he's got the, got the cap on. It good. was a tough week, but I mean, you yeah. feel good, right? Yeah, you know, it, it could have been much worse. And, and frankly, I thought it would be worse. You know, we were, we were playing the, uh, the Eagles. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it could have been worse. I, I, we're, we're good. I don't think we're going to take it this year, um, but we're good. We're good. I hope so. I bet a future on him. Yeah, man, come on. And I'm not a Cowboys fan. I like the Cowboys now because Jerry Jones has been super nice to us and allowed us to come and hang out with him and do stuff. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I put a little something on there early in the season, so I need him to, you know, let's do it. Hey, I, I hope for, for your sake and my sake as a fan that, that yeah, you win lots of uh, whatever it is you're... Exactly. <laughs> Those futures. Just, we call them yeah. smiles. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, big sports guy in general, huh? Uh, baseball, football, predominantly, um, it, you know, those two mostly, uh, college and, and, and pro stuff, but, uh, not so much hockey. I like basketball pretty good. Um, but yeah, I, I like sports. We, when we're off in towns, we try to go see games. How would you define the difference between Dallas and Fort Worth? You're from Fort Worth, right? Yeah. Near, at least near Fort Worth. Yes. For, because DFW is considered to a people from afar the same. It's even called freaking DFW. Mm -hmm. But there is a difference. Mm -hmm. And what is Fort Worth about? Uh, it's a great question. They're, they're really, really different. <clears throat> um, Dallas is kind of more one of those towns. If, if you go, if somebody's like, I'm from Dallas, you know, ask originally. Uh, Fort Worth is like, they're going to tell you, I'm from Fort Worth. You know, it's uh, it's it's a different machine. You wouldn't think that, you know, and, and the thirty-five miles apart, and so that's not too far. But you wouldn't think they'd be as different as they are. They are drastically different. You you want to pump the brakes, man? Go over to Fort Worth. It's you're right. It's it, it's definitely. I I feel more comfortable in Fort Worth. It's a little yeah. slower. Yeah. Um, it feels like there'd be more horses there. Would that be accurate? Um, and less <clears throat> shiny shirts. <clears throat> It's well over the last twenty years. I mean, I used to bartend in the north side 
and like where Billy Bob's is and stuff like that. So over the last 20 years, I've, I've definitely seen it get a little more um, sparkly, you know, and that's okay. It's, okay. it's, very, it's very cosmopolitan there now. You yeah. Know? But, you know, it's still home and there's, there's still that um, – it's a big city, you know, with a smaller town feel. You still get that too. Do you get to write on the road much or are you just on the road and – because I'll – tour and travel but i'm a comedian and i'm just tired while i'm on the road all the time can you ride on the road or do you ride at home both i i don't ride as much on the road as i do at home i um i i do more writing like i'm writing i'm writing a book right now so i do more writing like that on the road than i do songwriting um i'm off right now we just played illinois on uh on saturday and so i've, I've been here in town just writing uh, songs, um, doing some co-writing stuff the last couple of days. Um, but I do, I do most of my writing at home, I would say. Is the co-writing stuff and how Nashville does it different than how you traditionally have written? <clears throat> yes and no. <clears throat> no in that um, back when I was younger, you know, 20 years ago when I, when I first got started in, in the country thing, um, the first rights I did were kind of more Nashville-y, um, thematic, um, you know, more of a structure. And over the years, I've gotten to know people that it, it's very, it's it's a lot more organic. I don't I don't do like right times and uh, walk into an office to like a calendar and an address, and you're going to show up with two other people you never met before. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Like I have to hang out with people and and like, hey man, are you cool? Are you cool? All right. You know, I think man, I could probably write with you know, that person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I kind of base it off that. We keep it pretty loose. And I have a big ranch out in the middle, middle of nowhere in Texas. So uh, my wife and I had a guest house built. So we always have all kind of wild and crazy people coming by to write. And it's kind of like Forrest Gump's house, you know, like there were always people coming in and out, all of <clears throat> interesting nature. Your wife has been with you since like teenage years. First show I ever played, she was there when I was 17. So if she's at your first show, was she just hap did she just happen to be at a random show or did she know that you were going to be there and she was going to go watch you play? No, nope, she, um, we had been dating at that point already. And, uh, we'd actually, we were, we were having an intermission. It was our junior year. In dating? In dating. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> a break. <laughs> we were having a, a, a brief intermission, but she still came to the first show that I ever played. And that was, that was several thousand shows ago. But, um, yeah, we've been, um. Married 19, together 26. So she's, she's seen everything. She, uh, she's been in this business as long as I have. What would you tell somebody that's marrying or getting in a relationship with an artist or somebody that travels a lot? My wife and I are dealing with this now because she doesn't work in entertainment at all, and I'm gone a lot. So we're having to kind of adjust together to me trying not to be gone as much and her to me being gone all the time. What advice would you give to a couple that's going through this? <clears throat> Um, it's the same advice I'd give to any couple. Marriage is hundred hundred. It's not 50, 50. Um, you know, it, <clears throat> I got to know my kids when COVID hit and one of them's a teenager. So that tells you how much I was gone over the years. But yeah. It's, um, you make time for the things that you want to do. So if you wanted to have a family, you know, you, you, you take care of them. Uh, a lot of understanding, a lot of, a lot of compassion, uh, a lot of empathy going both ways. Um, you know, what I do is extremely tough, but, you know, 
what my wife has to deal with because something always goes wrong. You prob- this probably happens to you or any of you guys that travel a great deal. The air conditioner is going to go out right when you leave. Right when you're gone and then you're furthest point away. One yes. of the kids yeah. is going to get sick. This will all happen simultaneously. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they will be scheduled to have their tonsils out and you will not be there. You know, so I mean, just that's real life and, and uh, understanding that when I come home, it's not just good time like dad coming home, you know, it's like, Hey kids, you know, I, I totally come home like the Tasmanian devil and mess up their program. <laughs> That's funny. Like you're not in the everyday program. So it's like, you're just dad's here and it's awesome, but you're kind of a different element. Yeah. Did, did it make you want to be home? You say you met your kid really for the first time during COVID. Did, did it make you want to be home more? Yeah, actually I, I after COVID hit and I, I realized that, um, you know, we were we were okay. Like as a band and a, and a crew and, and all the office people and warehouse people and stuff, we were okay. Nobody missed a paycheck. And so when we came out of the COVID thing, we didn't tour for a year and a half, just like everybody else didn't. When we finally came back out and started playing again, um, I said, you know, I only want to do about sixty shows a year anymore. And um, you know, I'm I'm done. Um, I'm done doing it like we did it. You know, back in the day, um, you know, we fly in, jump on the bus two or three days, fly home. And uh, that that works a lot better. Um, you know, and all the guys in the band, you know, that have kids are in their 40s and 50s now. We've all been doing this a long time. And so trying to be at home, you know, especially the teenage years, you know, and, uh, and, and you know, we miss so much of their, their early childhood. So um, not trying to make up or atone for anything, just be more present, you know, like we're more successful. We've been doing this a long time. We don't have to be on the road 200 days a year. Do you feel like there's been a shift in country, we'll say country music for, for just more authenticity, maybe not even for a style, but just for more like, let's just keep it real and be who you really are. Do you feel like that's happened and that's been beneficial to you in your career? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I can cite some people that, like you said, it's more style and not just, um, uh, it's, it's authenticity. It doesn't matter if it's if it's somebody like like Zach Bryan or Ashley McBride. I think uh, those two people specifically are two of the the hottest things and you know biggest you know uh, badasses. Can you say that? You can. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That one's acceptable. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yes. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Just making sure. Yeah. Mom, I don't. If my mom's listening, I, I will get in trouble. Right. <laughs> you cursed on the radio. Okay. Uh, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of people and I think it's just, uh, it's real. It's, it's authenticity. It's, um, it's, it's not, uh, it's, it's not the status quo as to what we've known for the, I guess probably the better part of the last 20 years. So it's, it's definitely helped my career. And, you know, I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, I've, I've kind of helped with that and, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, you know, we did it this way and people should do it this way or yada, yada, yada. It's, you get you get to the crowd if you try to get to the crowd and and you're going to find them and they're going to find you if it's real and you know that's all we've ever tried to do i've often said about your career that you're one of the guys that before all the platforms allowed people to find their rightful audiences there were we'll call them highways that you, you know you were you were proving that you didn't have to do it the way everybody else does it to do it it might be harder it might be different but you're one of those stories where if you just do it and you believe it and you're good, eventually you're going to find an audience. Is that just from playing shows nonstop? Do you think? Yeah, it was definitely the grassroots thing. Um, it was staying on the road when we were, 
when you know I I jumped on the road full time at 26, and uh, I didn't come up for air until I was 40. You know, so we we spent really 15 years just hammering the road and building a grassroots effort. And you know, I can remember shows where the you know the first time I played Wichita, Kansas, there were four people. The first time I played Madison, Wisconsin, there were four people. That's you know. It's as many guys on stage as there are in, in the crowd. So building it that way is much tougher. You know, uh, we didn't ever go with a record deal. So um, instead of, you know, getting an advance up front uh, from a record company, um, you know, we gambled on ourselves to, you know, have um, the opportunity to make money later just because I owned everything. I've, I've owned, my, you know, publishing. So you give up stuff when you get that record company uh carrot dangled in front of your face at first you know a couple million looks good and then you got to pay all that stuff back so we just did it ourselves and i figured if we were getting in, i saw how the how streamings were going and i kept thinking man if, if it keeps moving like this uh, and we we build a, a really underground audience and keep going to see him like we would be fine it would just take us longer did you feel like there was a moment or a song or an album that really propelled it more than the other years or was it just a gradual build where you really couldn't feel like an instant impact? Yes and no, both, both. Uh, the, I would say the record specifically would be Adobe sessions. We put that out in 15. That was really kind of a turning point for us on that record. Um, but I didn't even realize that it was until years after because, uh, we just put our heads down and just worked like I, like I said, I didn't come up for air till I was 40. I didn't, I didn't realize how good a shape we were in um, once we were forced into a break. Like financially, you financially. mean? Financially. Yeah. I didn't realize because, like, we were just working and working and working and just saving the money, just throwing it back in the bank. And, you know, I've always just invested in myself. I've always invested in my people. I employ 32 people. You know, I invest in them. I want them to do better. Um, you know, that, that was, that was really nice to be able to, to open my eyes one day and, and go, cause like everybody freaked out at first, you know, and a lot of bands weren't getting paid and, and it, it was tough, you know, on, I saw a lot of really good bands go through a lot of really hard times, you know, and, and fortunately because of the way we did it, being a late bloomer kind of, kind of paid off for us. Your dad musical? Yeah. My mom and dad both. Um, my dad taught me to play Long Black Veil, uh, the lefty Frizzell version, when I was 15. And uh, I so that was my, the first song you learned? That's the first song I learned, yeah. And I uh, learned my first three chords, and then it was off to the races. But uh, I grew up in the Church of Christ, so we didn't have musical instrumentation when I was a kid in the church. And uh, it was all a cappella, so we learned how to harmonize and listen to each other, which ultimately, being in a band, has um, <laughs> Ironically, it served me served me better not having music and learning how to sing. And, and um, that's probably an accidentally great education. Y yeah, I've had a bunch of now. accidental great yeah. educations. <laughs> yeah, I've had some accidental not so great ones too. <laughs> it's still an education, though. You know? Yeah, it's still it is. It you is still learn. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, so you were playing guitar at fifteen or sixteen. What music were you drawn to first? What, did you go right to to metal to rock? Was that what you were listening to? Country's is, is, is my first love. It's always been, um, 
punk and metal are a real close second. I'm going to lump them together because, I mean, like, dude, I'm, I'm a punk. Like, there's no, you know, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a country guy and a rock guy, but everything we've done, everything I've done over the past 25 years has been punk. That's, that's just what I am. It's, it's what I do. It's how I do it. Um, I, I listen to all of them, you know, those are, those are my, those are my main, my mainstays, you know, it's to me, you know, it doesn't get better than, than Merle Haggard and, and Metallica. Um, I kind of revere, you know, those two, um, kind of right up there on the, on the Mount Rushmore. And then, you know, um, big punk guy, um, social distortion and, and, you know, Ramones, big Ramones fan. You know, I think that they got a lot of stuff going um, that ultimately helped me in my music. Uh, if you look at some of my biggest songs, they're, they're punk riffs. Let's take a quick pause for a message from our sponsor. And we're back on the Bobbycast. You ever spit on the crowd? No, <laughs> that's what I think about. Like CBGBs and blah, just no, like that's know. punk right there. <laughs> no, <laughs> like you, you're counterculture for sure, and you've done it the punk way. But yeah. I think a punk, I think I like them spitting and pooping on people. No, <laughs> like GGL. Yeah, just letting them have yeah, it. Yeah, no, I <laughs> never got like that. Because here's the thing, I wouldn't want that that done to me. You know, um, <laughs> and I'm not very big, so if I spit on the wrong dude, I'm probably gonna get my butt whipped. Yeah. So, uh, no, I, we 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 just. Uh, everything but the spitting and the, the defecating on stage. Everything but. Everything but that. <laughs> yeah, every, everything yeah. else okay. except drugs. We don't do those anymore either. So we're actually very boring now. So Loud and Heavy. So the song was written with your infant son. Can you tell me that story? Yeah, we were uh, we were driving down the road. It was his second birthday, and I was off the road at the time. And uh, all he wanted to do was uh, go see tractors. So I drove him down to the nearest... Uh, tractor store tractor supplier and he was like two you know and he wanted to just sit on it and go over and and uh it started raining really really heavy and just said uh he was sitting back there in his car seat and he said loud thunder heavy rain loud thunder heavy rain i grabbed my phone and i just hit the voice memo and i just did the i mean just exactly like it's on the record did the loud thunder heavy rain and uh just hit stop Went to the tractor store, rain light up a little bit. He played for a second, and then I was like, all right, buddy, you ready to go? He's like, I got to write this song. Went home, wrote the song. I'm sorry, I forgot I had it on mic. <laughs> Went home, uh, wrote the song in about 45 minutes. And, um, you know, it, it was, it was, you know, there's a kind of a funny saying in this business, business, a word gets a third, you know. But uh, there was only, you know, two of us there. So I actually gave him half of the writing on it. So, um He's 11 now, but he doesn't he doesn't realize how much money that song's made. <laughs> <laughs> and he he, awesome. he won't because uh, yeah he's gonna have to. Uh, we told both of our kids because my daughter's got a couple of writing credits too, as does my wife. And we told our kids it's like no no you don't get that. No, <laughs> you go to school or you get a job. You get that when you're older. So like 18, 21. Uh, maybe older than 55. that. 55. <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't want to have little turds. Little trust fund turds. Mm-hmm. My wife and I grew up uh, uh, <laughs> with, without much, so 
we're uh, we're trying to you know teach him. Hey, man, this is more about hard work than it is about anything else. The new songs, Outlaws and Mustangs. Yeah. So why why that as the new single? I really had to fight for that song. I released my last record uh, two years ago. It was called Mercy, and we had tried to record Outlaws and Mustangs on the Mercy record. It just wasn't jiving. Um, what do you mean it wasn't jiving? We couldn't. We had a lead line, a lead hook for it that just it sounded really corny to me, and it was towards the end of the session, so we were all pretty burned out and brain dead, and so we weren't giving it the full attention we needed. And so we ended up scrapping it, and um, it took me, you know, till we go back in for this recording cycle to get atonement for that song. We were able to go in, and I said, guys, I said, throw out everything that you played before. I said, we're starting this song over. And we... Like sonically or lyrically or... Oh, no, not lyrically. Lyrically, we so were there. So you kept all the same lyrics, got it. All the same lyrics. The lyrics were there. I did sing it a little bit differently. And I think that that kind of spurred the, the, the band to uh, to play it a little bit differently as well. And it just kind of fit. So I felt really, really good about that. Felt like, like I said, like I had atonement for that when I was two years waiting to make that song right. And we were starting to talk singles for this new record. And it was like, are we really going to take the song that we could not get right on the last record? And like, it just, now it shines, you know? So it's like, yeah, let's, let's do it, man. Like, so that was the first one we, we, uh, we put out. I wrote that with my friend, Tennessee Jet. And that's his name, Tennessee Jet. Yeah, T.J. McFarland. Uh, he's one of, the, one of the best writers I know. He's an Oklahoma boy. And, and his name's Tennessee Jet. Now we got to pause. Why is his name Tennessee Jet? He's from Oklahoma. T.J., if you're listening, buddy, <laughs> we, uh, we got questions, bro. We, I never, I've been friends with him for years. And I've never thought of that. Not one time have I thought that. But So we know, don't know the answer to that. I have no Okay, idea. we'll put a pin in that one. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, no, he's, he's uh, one of my favorite writers. I saw him play for the first time uh, years and years ago, and uh, and just like man, we've been writing songs ever since. And uh, I told him about a movie that I'd seen with Kevin Costner and Woody Harrelson called The Highwaymen, where they were playing the police officers that tracked down Bonnie and Clyde. And there was a line in the movie: Kevin Costner said, uh, "Outlaws and Mustangs always come home." They were trying to 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 track and kind of figure out where Bonnie and Clyde were going to figuring out their pattern. And so I called TJ and I said, uh, I said, Hey man, you need to watch this movie and listen for this line. And then let's write a song called outlaws and Mustangs." And he's like, cool. I'll watch it. And I said, he watched it that night or the next night. And so skip a day. So I'd called him one, one evening, skip that next day. And then he calls me the next day. He's like, Hey man, I think I got something. And I, he said, uh, I'm going to send it over to you. He sent me the whole song. And, uh, I said, basically, I just wrote the title, TJ. He said, yeah, but is there anything you want to change in the song? And I was like, no, it's fantastic. I'm not changing it. I could go screw it up. I could try to change it and be like, well, I had to get, no, it was perfect, you know. So that was a happy accident. And thank you again to TJ for, for uh, you know, his friendship. But uh, also, man, I get stuck and he's one of my first calls on a song for sure. How often is it that you write a song and then you feel like, well, it's not done and then you go back and you fix it, and then it's actually fixed. Because I think all those are different things. Because sometimes, maybe like we don't want to go back to the song, or sometimes you just don't ever fix it. How often does all that happen where you do go back and it is a success? You know, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe for anybody else. For us, 
we normally grind on a song until we get it. If we know the song's there, we'll we'll work on one song for for twelve hours. You know, we don't do things like, you know, a lot a lot of people use session musicians and and um, you know go in and they'll lay a whole record down in a day. You know, it it took us five months to make this record. We go in. I mean, just we're we're a regular band, so we'll spend all day on a damn song if we. Do you ever write while you're recording? Absolutely. Does it? Do you have your own studio? I don't. It doesn't make sense where I live. It feels expensive to write while I'm recording because I got to run out the freaking studio. I normally write while we're recording while the band is laying stuff down. I don't need to be there for. Mm-hmm. So what I'll do is I'll know that let's say you know Josh, our bass player, um, he produces our stuff as well. He'll tell me, "Hey Cody, uh, we're going to be." laying down, you know, whatever, whatever on uh, Tuesday from like, basically you have noon to, you have noon to six o'clock off Tuesday. I'll call some writers and I'll be like, Hey man, can you come over to the studio between, you know, whatever time on and get it? This new record about to drop uh, has three songs on it that were written in the studio. And that record comes out early next year. It does early next year. And how many, what is your, what is your theory, even if it's new on, albums, what an album should be, or how many songs, a double album. You know, everybody's different now. Uh, some artists are much more single-based. Some are, let's do 47 songs in an album. What what, what are you about? Uh, dumping content. Uh, I just get it out there. You know, I I love, the, I think the single thing is cool. I think the EP thing is cool. Uh, the six-pack thing is cool. Um, however you can deliver music to people is cool. It's art. Just get it out there, you know. Um I personally, I'm pretty old school. I think the concept of a of a really great record, um, you know, let's say full length, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14, whatever, you know, just a great record in and of itself that you can put on your turntable, let the whole thing play. When the needle goes up, flip it over, let the whole thing play again. Uh, that's what I'm really into, you know, like trimming all the fat, you know, nothing on the you know, this record we've got now, the, we're sitting on, you know, I think we've got, we're obviously not going to do 12 singles, but um, man, we've got just a ton to choose from on this record just because I wanted everything to be in, in all our records. You know, I just love the, the concept of a great record. Put it on, let it play, you know, no fat. You know, every every song's got to be great. I went to Grimey's yesterday, which is a record store here in town. It's like old school. And I was shooting a show, a TV show, and they asked me, like, your five best, most influential albums, right? Vinyl. And part of the thing though, was they were just shooting some B-roll of me looking through vinyl, the albums. Man, you kind of forget how awesome just the imagery was because everything was, it was bigger, like on an album cover. Um, sometimes we don't ever see pictures because we're just, we're just digital. When you put art in an album, like visual art, is that important to you? Yes. And why? It is for the same reason, you know, we're, we're somewhere in the same age category, you know? So I remember, like, like you said, the word big, when you're holding that vinyl, holding that LP, like it, it possesses power when you're a kid. It's, there's so much, there's so much to look at and so much to see. And then you open it up and you want to read the liner notes and you want to, so-and-so played on this, this record or this song, or this was recorded at such and such studio. Oh, I heard it, you know, or, so-and-so was a guest on this record or, uh, you know, just all of those little things that, that us music nerds, um, 
you know, look at and love to see. And that's what we've just been discussing on, on our upcoming record. Um, <clears throat> I wanted the outside to really reflect like what our band is on the outside. And then I wanted when you opened it up to really reflect what we are on the inside, you know, is, um, you know, we do things our own way and we've, we've, we've designed that model on, on, on purpose. And oftentimes we're, we're, we're probably considered pretty enigmatic as a unit. Like how do these guys tick? Cause most of my guys have been with me for a long, long time, but it's really the sweetest group of people on the road, you know, and, um, we kind of wanted the album to convey that and the album artwork as well. You know, the, like I said, you open the front up, you look at the front, it's very, very tough looking. And then you open it up and <clears throat> I wanted it to look vulnerable. I wanted it to, you know, be actually a picture of the band smiling or, you know, a collage of, of pictures or whatever of us just having a good time and being normal. And we've, we've tried to let people see, um, that side of us uh, a little bit more um, the last few years. We've tried to be a little more accessible, I guess. The Bobby Cast. We'll be right back. This is the Bobby Cast. You don't look like somebody <clears throat> that I would go, that's a really nice, kind guy. But when you meet you, you go, this dude's warm and like, I like you. Because I've, I've followed your career for a while. you got a big beard. I'm like, this dude would probably shank me. <laughs> However, as soon as you walked in, I was like, oh, you're actually very soft and easy to talk to. I bet you probably have people tell you that a lot that don't know you. Yeah, people would assume oftentimes I, <clears throat> I walk around my house with my cowboy hat and my sunglasses on. Or, you know, I think that Like stabbing something, though, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like probably things. mad and yeah. yelling or throwing things. Um Oh, no, you know we're 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 pretty we're pretty laid back. We're pretty chill. We have to work hard. Um, so if, when it comes to business, you know that's when I can I can um, I can uh, I, I can do what I have to do in terms of that. Kill somebody? Oh, I felt know, that. Yeah, would, no, no, say no more. Say no more. <laughs> say no more. I've had to do the same. Say no more. <laughs> no, you know I I can I can do what I need to do business wise, but. Um, Otherwise, man, you know, there's a reason, there's a reason my, my band and crew has been with me for, you know, as long as most of them have. And it's not because I walk around acting like that, you know? And our crew, it just in a very uh, parallel way, like we've all been together like 20 years. Yeah. You know, f from small town, one town radio show in Texas to, you know, to growing the thing. And they say the same thing I say about you, that I look like somebody that's really awesome and tough and strong. Right, guys? Mm. Yes, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely yeah. thought you were going to shank me. Yeah, he told me to write that. Man, yeah. that was a yeah. great time for everybody just to chime in. Yeah, I got him, cha <laughs> got him trained yeah, right there. I, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. He is very strong, great that? leader. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, just a couple more questions for you. We were at the, I was at the record store yesterday, and uh, the whole thing was to find these five albums that, that have influenced you and um, I've worked in all different kinds of, of music. I grew up in Arkansas, so definitely old school country before new school country. And so they're like, hey, what albums are they? And we went through and it was like the Nirvana Unplugged album. There was Casey Musgrave, same trailer, different park. There's a Steve Martin record because, I'm, you know, I do a lot of comedy. For you, if you were to pick a couple or a few records that really kind of define who you are, it not have to be your favorite, but really have kind of made you the artist that you are, who, what would they be? 
It's almost an impossible question, by the way, because I felt so dumb. Because they were like, pick five. And I was like, I, I have like 20. That is how you actually stump somebody yeah. in music. You, you're like, uh, you know, I would say the first thing that popped into my head, and just because it's the first thing I can, I can remember, like it moving me musically, was the Poncho and Lefty record uh, uh, Willie and Merle did. That was the first memory I've had of music, like, oh my God, that just did something to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it did, but I need more of it. Um, that was my first memory there. You know, um, another, let's see, that record. What record do you think you listened to the most in your whole life? My whole life, probably Rodney Crowell's uh, Fate's Right Hand. I think that's the most complete record to me I've ever owned. If I had to take one record, let's, let's put it that way. If I had to take one record... Um, with me for the rest of my life. And it, it wouldn't be Merle Haggard and it wouldn't be Metallica. It would be uh, Rodney Krause, Fate's Right Hand. I think that that record, I've never heard a record embody a, a life, a presence, uh, a longing to forget the stupid stuff you've done and try to be better. Um yeah, there you go, Rodney. He, I got to meet. He's lovely. Did you guys go to a bunch of Rodney Cross shows? Yeah. You I did? mean, when we worked at Emmy Television, he yeah. would be there about I'd see five all, times. Yeah, we'd see time, him all the time. All the time. I just wanted to go to a bunch of shows. Yeah. yeah, we lived in Texas for a long time. We, we all met and like formed in Texas. Same as you. Mm -hmm. We're exactly the same as you. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Me and you are the same person. I thought I was just like looking in looking the mirror. Looking in the mirror. Move your arm. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, weird. Yes. But the glasses. Yeah. Bobby just grow a beard and. That's it. I know. You just need, you need a few more tattoos. You got a good start. Yeah, I got a couple here. My tattoos are like Barney the dinosaur and yours are like a dead human. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got, I got some. Yours are like awesome and dice. Yours are <laughs> dice. And mine's like, oh, look, a flower. No, I love that. No, that's okay. great. It's, All right. It, no, it's, it's, it's just, your tattoos are your tattoos, man. You know, that, those are whatever they are to you. I, I do have a lot of skulls. I don't know how many skulls I have tattooed on me, but there are, are many. I have none. I know you can't believe that I have no skulls tattooed No skulls? On me. Mm -mm. Okay, we'll go together one time. No and, skulls and, and no nipples. Do you have any nipples tattooed on you? On a woman? Do I, ha do I, do I have a nipple tattooed on me? Yeah, like a, a topless woman with, with nipples. Interesting. I, I don't. I have. I have tattoos all over my chest. No, nope. but uh, like a not a on bare breasted. Because <laughs> I always see like bikers oh, with no. like bare breasted no. women. Okay, I got you. No, I don't. No, there's nothing. There's nothing on my body that that you don't that, have any new new other nipples. No, got it. Does that question make sense now? <laughs> okay, I was like, yeah. do I have my nipples tattooed? Yeah, well, That's a weird question. Maybe that too. No, I don't. I don't have any any like uh, naked um, female forms on my my body. Tattoo. I always felt that was weird. That and the naked. The truck flaps. I got my CDL too for a while. I was driving truck. Don't yeah, a long story. Yeah, yeah. But you mean the truck flaps that have naked women laying on them? Yeah, the silhouette yeah. of a I'll, I'll silhouette. Like, you know, where she's like, laid yes, yeah, yes, that, yeah. Cool. It's very classy. That yeah. and like they make me uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> when the testicles hang down. Do, from do you, the, yeah, the the, 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 the trailer hitch. The trailer thing? hitch. Yeah. Uh, things. I don't get it. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of funny to me, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, that one I don't really have a problem with. So the, the naked female silhouette bothers you, but, but the, the balls, the balls Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. It is what it is. I am cool. who I am. <laughs> um, uh, just two two final questions. So you're, it, it's amazing to watch what you've built. And I think it's an inspiration to so many artists. Uh, you're also going to go out with Luke Combs. Mm -hmm. When you get that call... Do you have to think? Because oh, that's not really what I would picture together. But also, I don't picture it apart. Now that it, it, it makes sense, yeah. once you kind of see you guys together, what was that decision like? 
Uh, it was an easy decision to make. Just we played with Luke about a year and a half ago, one show, and uh, man, he was great. They're they're great, and just because I've done things the way that I've I've done things doesn't mean that I don't have friends in the mainstream. You know, I have I have a lot of friends in the mainstream, and um, you know, Luke and and his whole organization was really really great uh, to to my people to to us when we played and. They said, hey, you know, you want to do a stretch of shows, stadium shows with us? And I was like, yeah, man. You know, like they were really, they were really, really kind to us. And, you know, I didn't have to say yes if they, you know, if they hadn't been, you know, so kind, I wouldn't have said yes. Um, but they were, they were wonderful to work with. So we look forward to it, man. We're, we're, we're grateful. We're honored to be out there. You know, obviously that guy's on top of the world right now. And um, he's a really, he's a really sweet guy. He's a genuine dude. You just signed your first artist on your label? Yeah. Who's that? Her name's Erin Viancourt. Um, she wants to do it the, the road dog way. She wants to get out on the road and go do the grassroots thing. She kind of kind of likes the model that I did. And I was like, man, this is not the easy way to do it. But she's like, but it works. You know, I was like, it does if, if you can put up with it long enough. But she's outstanding, man. She's um, she's She's got the whole package, all the boxes checked, man. She is just a sweet human. She's an amazing singer, an amazing songwriter. She works her ass off. Uh, just all the tangibles that 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 you're looking for um, in anybody, man. You know, she is that. So couldn't be, you know, she's my only artist other than, you know, my, my own stuff's on there. But couldn't be more proud to represent such a, she's just a great person. And I think she's going to be kicking ass a long time. Well, I appreciate you coming in. You know, this, this for me has been super cool. Thanks. Um, I, I thought maybe you would go like, I don't, I hate that dude. And <laughs> you know what? Here we are. I've been a big fan for a while. So for me, this is cool. I'm super pumped. When they were like, he'll come in. I thought it was a joke. I was like, he, he likes me. And they're like, no, he doesn't know who you are. I was like, oh, okay. That's cool. <laughs> yeah. I was like, good. Good. He doesn't hate me then. Um, but really just a big fan. Love how you've built your entire empire and we'll keep following, man. Congratulations. And we'll promote the new record when it comes out early next year yeah can't wait for all the songs cool, and man. and love your music man thank you thank you all so much appreciate your time and uh man glad to be here with you and hope you'll have a great rest uh, of your day man there he is cody jinx nice. yeah thanks for listening to a bobby cast production this festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.